Father, I pray that over the next 15, 20 minutes that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We want to feast on fresh rhema and logos in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Wasn't that fun to be back together again? These guys got here very early this morning. Let's just thank them for the work they did for today. I feel like during worship, God's calling me to San Diego to start Bridgeway San Diego. Welcome to Bridgeway. My name is Chad Norris, lead pastor here at Bridgeway Church, and never been more excited about pastoring this church in my life. The, the quarantine has put me into a season of innovation that I don't think I've ever been in. And I got so much rhema this morning, I just want to share it. We're okay with the wind hitting this, no big deal. If you have your phones or Bibles, go to John chapter 17. Four years ago, I began a journey at Regent University to get my doctorate. Not only did I not want to get a doctorate, I never wanted to go into ministry. But the closer I got to God, I realized that the only marker of friendship with God is obedience. So I threw away my dreams for my life a long time ago. He told me to go to get a doctorate. I said, where do you want me to go? He said, Regent. I said, not a problem. Had no idea that a covenant brother would be getting his doctorate at Regent at the same time. No clue. Michael Thornton, maybe God's real, maybe God knows what he's doing. So on the way up there, it's about a nine-hour drive to Virginia Beach, a lot of traffic going through Charlotte. They've been working on I-85 since I was four. And uh, you got a lot of time to talk to God and other stuff. And on the way up there, Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, what is your plan for finishing well? And I have learned about the Father that if he ever asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because you don't. Y'all are quiet. Y'all too relaxed. I thought about that, and as God's sovereignty would have it, I go to our first class up there, start my doctoral experience, and a professor who's 59 years old pushed his notes away and began to cry in front of the class. And he said, I don't feel like I'm supposed to teach this morning. I feel like I'm supposed to share my testimony of my nervous breakdown I had in my mid-40s and what I would tell you if I could go back and do it over again, what I would do differently. And he taught on sabbatical for lead pastors. I've been chewing on a sabbatical, but that was when the journey of taking a sabbatical even started with me. And so just chewing on it over the last three years and talking to the father about it and talking to elders about it, Wendy and I cannot be more excited to just thank you guys for your generosity. This church is unbelievable. We've been through 22 years of ministry together, and Wendy and I and our three kiddos are going to go on our first ever sabbatical. The quarantine's kind of messed it up a little bit. We're going to do one month chunk starting next Saturday, and then we'll do November and December. But uh, we're going to be gone for the next four weeks. Nothing's wrong. Actually, everything's right. I I love the fact that we're going on sabbatical when we're in a healthy place. This time a couple years ago, I think I would have just slept for 12 weeks during sabbatical. Now I'm going to go gain all the weight that I've lost and have fun with my kids. I want to talk today about the same question he asked me. The question he asked me is, what is your plan to finish well? If, you know, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, everybody out here would say that you desire to give God glory with your life. If you saw, 
if you saw the interview last week, just your vulnerability. I just want to thank you so much for your interview. We not just not just one story, but two, three, four stories turn into a hundred stories. We all want to give God glory with our lives. The question is, how do you do it? And I read a book that answered the question that I didn't see coming because I don't even think the guy's a Christian. He's a businessman named James Clear who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. When I say this book has changed my life, I'm not exaggerating. It has changed my life more than any book I've read in the last five years at least. And the book is about habits that you create that change your destiny. This man never mentions the name of Jesus, but yet Jesus wouldn't stop talking to me this entire book. Everybody wants a big destiny. No one wants to go through a Gethsemane. Everybody wants a big old destiny with God, but yet when the plan to get to your destiny comes through trial, when it comes through a desert, when it comes through a fire, you're like, ah, I think I'll go find another church. I think I'll go find another podcast. I think I'll go find another maybe even theology because what we don't want, no one wants to be squeezed. Nobody. But yet every destiny in the kingdom comes through a squeeze to get to your destiny. Every single one of them. Oh, by the way, I forgot to give you this word. Caleb Stone, will you stand up? I got hit by the Holy Spirit. I feel like you've grown like three inches during the quarantine. I don't know what they're feeding you. Um, is everything okay? Caleb's coming to the beach for a little bit. My family, it does concern me a tad. I don't know what you eat during a day. The Father showed me he's giving you a big old frame. You have a big old destiny. And I saw over your head William Wilberforce. And there's something in you that despises injustice. You hate it, Caleb. And you have, you have a, your intellect is so keen. But basically, don't worry about it because the Father already has your destiny planned. He planned it before you were even born. But you're on track to, to go where he's taking you. And you got a big old frame for a big old destiny. And I saw William Wilberforce. Can we give Caleb a hand this morning? My entire life since my grandfather died when I was five, I've been obsessed with where do you go when you die? Who's the most high God? What is heaven like? And why am I on this earth? I asked those questions at four years old. I've had people prophesy over me before and say, you're his inquisitive one. I never stop asking questions. And I, I've always had the desire to finish well, but I haven't seen something in John 17 in my life until this morning. It's, it's one thing to have a desire to finish well, but if you don't have a plan to finish well, it's probably not going to happen. So let's start at the end and then come back. Everyone that can hear me right now online or here in person in San Diego, South Carolina, you will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. All of us. This thing ends. It, 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 it ends in a, in a real encounter with Jesus. It actually just begins. This whole life is training for the next life. And what I've learned is a lot of charismatics have a passion, but they don't have a plan to walk in friendship with God. So on December 28th, 2018, I just decided I was tired of being unhealthy in my body, and so I wanted to just get in shape. And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, what is your plan? I said, I don't know. So I started asking around. Uh, Micah Ustry, I remember him sending me a text, and he had a plan. If you go look, there's probably, my gosh, you could, there's 5,000 plans online. I met a guy the other day in a gym that all he eats is potatoes and he's ripped. Now you ask someone else who loves keto and they'll call that guy a fool. Small problem, that guy's healthy and ripped. Well, his plan's potatoes. I'm not saying there's a perfect plan, but you got to have a plan to improve in anything in life. Are y'all listening to me? The only difference in where you are right now and where you'll be in a year is not what you're willing to think about. It's what you're willing to do. 
And what is the plan that's going to get you there? So people say, I want to be good friends with God. So do I. What is your plan? I want to finish well. I want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day and stand there and hand in my obedience. Great. Me too. What is your plan to finish well? The Holy Spirit's reminded me when we first got married, we listened to that uh, tape. Back then it was tape cassettes on Fit to be Tied from Bill and Lynn Hybels about safeguarding marriage, remember? And he gave us like eight practical steps to safeguard your marriage. If I don't have a plan to improve in spiritual capital or to finish well, most of the time I'll be taken out by the enemy. And the plan is on my end to chew on. It's like Dave Ramsey says, you're the most important person in, in your equation. It's, it's time to rise and grind. Deliver yourself. Get moving. It's like T.D. Jake says, deliver thyself. You see, God moved at Calvary, and the reason God doesn't move in most of our lives is we're waiting on him to move. He actually has already moved, and when you understand what happened at Calvary and then you ask him to give you a plan to grow in hunger for him, that's when things take off. The reason God's not moving in a lot of people's lives is not because he's not moving. It's because you're not moving. So Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. The word wait there doesn't mean sit and be passive. It actually means get out of the boat. So I walked into my closet about nine months ago, and I had in my closet, I had four sheets of paper, and I had what I weighed every day. So I'd weigh in every morning on that demonic, demoniac scale in my bathroom. Batteries broken, things got demons in it, it hisses like a snake when you stand on it. I hate the scale. I can't stand the scale. I hate it. I step on that scale and look at the eyes of the devil, and I walk one day to write down what I weighed, and the Holy Spirit says in my left ear, you are measuring the wrong thing. had no clue what he's talking about. You are measuring the wrong thing. It was that day at the YMCA, the Holy Spirit led me to this blog by this man named James Clear. I read his book, Atomic Habits, and it changes my literal life, and the whole book is about this. Measure the habit, don't measure the result. Create a habit and stick to the habit until the habit sticks to you and the habit needs to be very small, hence atomic. So God begins to show me how to finish well in ministry, how to finish well in marriage, how to leave a legacy for my kids. Passion is overrated if you don't have a plan that matches the passion. Passion took the twin towers down of a wrong theology and a wrong ideology. You're seeing rioting all over America right now by passionate people. If you're not careful, charismatics can be known for passion. Misdirected passion can create havoc in your life, my life, our life. What has to happen is what Jesus was passionate about, and it's this Greek word called ethos, and it's translated as this, a rigorous daily habit. So I read this book, and I said, Holy Spirit, what then should I measure? And he says, create a plan that you will do, and keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, and the results will take care of themselves. This works with money. This works with your body. This works with marriage. This works in friendship with God. And I didn't see it until this morning. John 17, this is how you give glory to God. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing. Everyone yell, finishing. The work you gave me to do. If you want to give God glory, it's not about where you are right now. Are you willing to walk in obedience your entire life and to finish the assignment he's given you to do? To finish. 
And if your answer is yes, then here's my question. Then what's your plan to finish well? If my plan to finish well is to come to the altar and get stirred up, I'm not saying that's a bad plan. It won't work when the arrows are flying by day and the darts by night out, outside here. Here's what I'm learning about Jesus and during this dissertation. I'm reading a lot about just understanding Jewish culture, Hebraic culture. He was a rabbi who was driven not just by passion, but rigorous, systematic approach to even friendship with God. Remember before he picked his disciples, what did he do, he do when he, before he picked them? He prayed all night. Do you know when he went to Gethsemane, that was his, not his first time in Gethsemane. It was probably his thousand. So the goal is to give God glory by finishing well and then asking him for the plan. What is the plan? What is the habit that you're going to incorporate in your life to slowly, slowly, slowly go after the Father? If I could tell young people anything when it comes to leadership, I would tell you this. Boring will always bring your breakthrough. It's not the spectacular. A lot of charismatics want a spectacular moment with God. Your spectacular moment with God will be when no one's looking and you stick to your Bible reading plan and there's not a documentary being done about it and Wigglesworth is not shaking in heaven screaming out prophecies and, and, and people aren't crying. You do it and you do it in the unseen place and one time turns into 10 times, turns into 1,000 times and then you're 71 years old and it's like, how did I finish well? I stuck to the plan. I mean, think about this. Right now, some of you young parents, you can't see past the fact that you will be a, at an age one day when you have grandkids because it's so chaotic raising your kids. I'm telling you, that time's coming. There's a story that Jim Collins shares in Good to Great and this is what he says. There was a man that had no idea he built an empire in the workplace. No clue. It was the Kimberly Williams guy, paper company. He gets to the end of his life, and at the end of his life, they said, how did you do all of this? And he said, all I did was I got up and I was boring every day and I did my job. Boring brings the breakthrough. You see, if you want to finish well, you have to understand you're going to go through many Gethsemanes. There will be many challenges and your habits will get you there, not just your passion. If passion got people to finishing well, then if you read the book God's Generals, 16 of the 18 would not have flamed out and lost their whole lives. Go read the story of Alexander Dowie. Go read the story of Branham. Go read the story of all these men and women that started well and then didn't finish well. The way you bring God glory is not having a couple of moments with God along the way. It's by finishing the assignment he gave you. I have come to understand James 1 more than I ever have. James 1 is about you, keep, you take a lick and you keep on ticking. It's like the Energizer Bunny. But there's something about suffering when you keep doing it, when you, when you keep doing the hikes. Mike and I have been doing a lot of hikes. I don't like to count, but we've been on 59 of them. I've enjoyed 58 of them, and that was sort of. And there's, there's a part on these hikes that's the same every single time. The first two miles, I feel like I have lead poisoning. I even tell them, how can I keep doing this stuff? And I, I feel like I've got, I don't, like I've been drugged or something. And then all of a sudden you get into mile four, mile six, mile seven. You want to be a person that finishes better than you started. And for some of you listening to me right now, this is a great message because you didn't start well. If you want to give God glory, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. I'm stirring myself up. Do you understand? I'm living my life here, not for the applause of man or not to retire. I'm not going to retire. 
The Father has made me a promise. I'm going to go so long. I'm going to torture the devil my whole life. I want to preach when I'm 95. I still want to be playing golf. I'm not living for like retirement. I'm living for my next assignment. All this is down here is training ground. The reason a lot of people left Bridgeway Church is they don't like sharp teaching like this. You need to be driven by eternity. When you die, it's not over. It's just starting. Some people that are listening to me right now are obsessed about your assignment. I got to get to my assignment. Your assignment is obedience. What if your destiny never even opens up until you get on the other side? What if God has chosen you to lay your life down for the next generation? You never get any notoriety. But when you get there, you realize you've been handed large amount of influence because of your obedience your entire life. Do you understand that the cross was not the Lord's target? Obedience to the Father was the Lord's target, and the Father is the one that sent him to the cross. You can make such a big deal about your destiny, you forget your destiny is Abba. Your destiny is to finish the work that Abba has given you to do. There are a lot of people that say, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not even in ministry. I'm just working at GE. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it as you're working for the Lord, owner and not for man. Do you understand that 90, what was it? We, I talked today to Michael about this. 90% of the Lord's ministry was not in the temple or synagogue. It was in the marketplace. We've created a discipleship school here. It's a different form of church planning. It's ecclesia planning. You know what it is? We're raising up disciples to send them into the marketplace. The marketplace. All 12 disciples were in the marketplace. What am I saying? Your destiny is not something that's Christianese. Your destiny is obedience to wherever God sends you. To some, he makes builders. To some, he makes full-time moms. To some, he makes preachers. To some, he makes football coaches. Whatever it is, the whole goal is, do you want to finish well? You meet very few people that finish well. I'll close with this. I've run in two half marathons in my life. It's really funny to watch a fat guy run in a half marathon. It gets really uncomfortable. And there's a lot of recreational runners that run in them. The last mile of my last half marathon, it, you, it's some of the worst form of running you've ever seen in your life. I'm talking, you dragging your leg, you're spitting up some sort of plasma that you're not used to spitting up. But there's something about a fat guy when he finishes, you, you feel like you've grabbed the bear and drug it back to the hut and your wife's so proud of you. Because it's, it, when they get to those races, it's not, it, what's your time? Who cares what my time is? I'm a fat guy that ran a half marathon. I don't care what my time is. There's something about that finish line. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Your finish line is not at 65 when you can get retirement. I don't know who told you that. Your finish line is the Bama judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And it's actually the start line. People say, I'm just going to get to heaven. We just say, rest in peace. Rest in peace? I got a job up there. What are you talking about resting? Rest in peace. I'm going to rule in peace. Seriously. People don't think about heaven much. Well, in the great by and by, the angels are up your feet. You did so, such good down here. No, 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 no. Read Paul. I press on towards the prize of the one that awaits me. I put my hand in the plow and I don't look back. Some of you are letting the devil just chew you up because you can't let go of mistakes you made in your past. Get your eyes on the finish line. That's good preaching, dad gummit. All right. Stirring myself up. How we're going to do first fruits, first fruits before we leave is online, obviously. And then we have one bucket in the back. I believe it's a blue bucket. And I think Sylvia's got it back there. Sylvia, if you wave your, wave your hands. Let me just give a couple announcements. We're going to go the next four weeks outside. 
about three weeks from now, we'll let you know the plan of what stage two of this is. We're not really sure yet. The Father will show us. We're going to do a series on four pillars that have been in this land for the last, gosh, 40 years. And um, I'm going to have some different people communicating from stage, going to worship together. We're going to pray for great weather. Father, I ask you just for perfect weather for the next four Sundays. On top of that, I had one more thing I wanted to say, and I can't remember. I can't remember what it is. A good way to stay in touch with the faith family here at Bridgeway is coaching Joe our show that's every morning at 9.30 a.m. And it's also um, another way to stay in shape. It's just Instagram, Facebook, anything else I can say about this, Armando, that's pretty good. That sounds good. Why don't we stand up? Let me close this in prayer. Wendy and I and the kiddos will see you a month from now. Father, I pray over this sabbatical. Babe, won't you come up here with me? I pray over this sabbatical that you would... Uh, Fill me with vision, throne room vision, 50-year vision, vigor, passion to destroy the works of the enemy. I bless my family of five that we would just bond. We would heal of so many years of ministry. I pray for a rejuvenation. Father, I ask that during this sabbatical that this church would continue to grow, not stay neutral. Father, I ask that you bring people that are supposed to be at Bridgeway here, and for anyone that's in the flock that's not supposed to be here, I ask that you lead them to where they're supposed to be. I bless this church with uncommon unity. I bless you, Bridgeway, with uncommon unity. And I bless you in the name of Jesus to ask the Father for a passion to finish well and a plan to match that. In Jesus' name, God bless. Amen. Amen. Love y'all.